0: My name is Cardinal Arthur Roach. I'm the prefect of the dicastery for divine worship and the discipline of the sacraments. Tell us more about the consistory. Well, the consistory was in two parts, as you know. The, the first part was the ceremonial, the what they call the public ordinary consistory, where the new cardinals are created. The, the, the Romans have um, a saying that God and the Holy Father have something in common that they can both create something out of nothing. So that's the good Italian humour that, that surrounds these events. Then after the, um, the first public consistory, where the new Cardinals receive the Beretta, which symbolises the fact that they should be prepared to die for the faith and in loyalty to the Pope and um, a a ring which binds them very closely to the office of the successor of St. Peter, who is the Pope. And then a title of a church. So I've become a parish priest after all these years. And it was, in reality, the only thing that I ever wanted to be, to be amongst people. It's It's the reason for our ordination. And my church is a very ancient church. It's Sansaba, which is built on the land which belonged to the mother of Saint Gregory the Great. And Gregory the Great, as you know, is known as the Apostle of the English. So I'm really delighted by this coincidence, which of course is providence, that I've been given this church of Sansaba that is so closely connected with our own history. And I was also delighted that such a big number of parishioners, as well as their parish priests, came to greet me after the public consistory on Saturday in the Aula di Benedizione. But the second part of the um, consistory is the ordinary consistory, which isn't a public event, but it's a meeting between the Holy Father and all the cardinals. And this particular meeting was to look at very carefully the apostolic constitution, Predicate Evangelium, which was the remit given by the Cardinals in 2013 uh, when Pope uh, Francis was elected. And that remit was to reform the Roman Curia, to open it up uh, in a special way and to reform its culture and indeed its purpose. So that has been done in this document, which is available for everybody to read. But what was particularly at the heart of our meeting was how does this now affect the um, workings of Episcopal conferences and individual bishops with the See of Peter. Because a, a, a Catholic bishop is linked with, directly with the Pope uh, and in a very special way, too, with the Holy See through the various dicasteries that have been created. And one of the great changes is that there's no hierarchical list amongst the dicasteries. All the dicasteries are equal, even though they have been put in a one, two, three, four sequence. And it's interesting that the very first dicastery, which previously has always been the uh, Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith is now the dicastery for evangelization, which combines the care of the missionary territories throughout the world, and also the new evangelization, which was established by Pope John Paul II to reinvigorate the faith throughout Europe. So that was very much part and parcel of the the discussions that have been taking place, partly how do bishops and episcopal conferences relate with the Holy See and encouraging them to have the same level of trust and transparency that the Curia, the Roman Curia, is being asked to have towards them. And also how how is this going to affect the business of conferences and the business of the Roman Curia? Because there are two elements to this, both missionary and conversion, so the work of preaching the gospel, predicate evangelium, that's the meaning of those Latin words, is to also to rediscover a new way of being a missionary church in our world today, of being more outgoing, of being more close to people, of actually bringing with great gentleness and with great concern and for the dignity of every human being, the message of Christ and in bringing that message to bring them also closer to the Lord. You know, the first duty of Cardinals is to advise the Pope. Their first duty is not to elect the Pope. That is a duty that comes when the Pope either retires or dies. So that's, we hope, is in a long way away from us at this moment. But to advise the Pope, and in order that that happens, the Pope appoints individual cardinals as a member of other dicasteries. So I'm already a member of four dicasteries. So that's a lot of work because you have to be part, you have to contribute, you have to think very carefully about their work and the questions that they raise and, and make a suitable response. Always, not just using your own preference, you know, that this is my advice, but also bringing into that advice the experiences that you gain through the work of being a curial cardinal. Do you think that we are spoiled that we have a three cardinals? Yeah, it's extraordinary, isn't it, really? Someone was saying that it's the first time it's happened. I don't know whether that's true. Historians will tell us whether that's true. Normally, of course, in the past, the Archbishop of Westminster has always been a cardinal. That will not necessarily be the case in the future because the the Pope rather goes for individuals and he goes for the peripheries rather than for established cardinalatial sees like Westminster, Paris, Madrid and so on. But Cardinal... Um, Fitzgerald and I are both what you call curial cardinals. It is quite remarkable that in this moment that there should be three people from England. It's good for England. It's very good for our conference. It's very good um, for, for our bishops. And the number of people who've written to me expressing enormous pride that this is a fruit of English Catholicism is overwhelming.